everyone, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm Ellie Herringshaw. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm here with my dad, Mark Herringshaw. It's good to be back with you. Hey, Dad. How are you? I am very well. It's always a pleasure being here dialoguing with you. It's so fun. Well, you know, we get get with our busy schedules and, and the sundry things in our lives, sometimes we don't get enough time to... Just hang out. So yeah. we can hang out here. We can hang out on the podcast. On the podcast. And everyone's and getting sort of an inside scoop on sort of the way our minds work. <laughs> <laughs> we're herring shaws and we're kind of some deep thinkers and we love talking yeah, about. We'll kind of process out loud about some actually pretty personal things today, won't we? Yes, we will. Um, I, we're just going to dive in because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Um, we're, today we're going to be talking about how and why I've made a conscious decision not to slander my ex-husband. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So basically I was, for those of you that aren't aware of my story and the reason that this podcast is happening is, um, in 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's affair and we were married for five and a half years. I discovered at that time that the affair began before we were married, that it was sometime when we were engaged, and I wanted reconciliation in my marriage. I believed that God was going to restore our marriage, and that is not what happened, long story short. And um, and I walked through a very painful divorce that took um, over a year, and it was excruciating and very, very painful, and, and I'm about a year and a half removed from the, the official end of the divorce. But there are still things that are hurtful from that experience, of course. But in building this ministry, I share my story and I share only my story. I know that in my experience, I can only share my experience. I can only talk from what I have gone through and the facts of the story. And I make it a very, I've, I've decided very consciously not to slander him not to slander my ex-husband and um and I use the word slander because I don't want to because that's that's the real thing like that's what yet, actually what it is and yet um the facts of the case remain yes so it isn't that you are making things up or no. your um or that you would be tempted to make things up you've actually chosen however not to hide the facts of of the yeah. history that you've lived through but you've chosen not to annotate those facts with commentary or yeah. um, assumptions about motives or yep. what may lie underneath those behaviors. Yep. And and I, I would say, too, um, you'd made this choice before you decided to choose to do a podcast and go deliberately public with your story. Yeah. This was a really a moral choice you made mm-hmm. in how you were processing your pain Um and we can get into this a little bit too, yeah. because even how you spoke with your family about this, it was clear to us from the beginning that you were marking your words. You were careful hmm. about what you said. Uh, and sometimes that's a razor's edge a little bit, but talk a little bit yeah. about uh, almost the temptation, first of all, of wanting to say things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because... Because this 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 uh, this uh, sparks a great deal of passion and emotion and yeah. hurt and inju- injury and and the justice in us. I mean, I believe that God's put a standard of justice and right and wrong in us, so that anger is a tripwire, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like when we're when we when there's a fury of injustice in us, it's because 
we have a moral center. I think yeah. it's really problem if people aren't angry at an injustice. Right. Because then it says there's a kind of immoralness about the core of their being. But so it's 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 fine. In fact, it's healthy to feel injustice and for anger to yes. rise as a result of that. But you made choices about what to do with that. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. The, I, I made a conscious decision actually right when I discovered his affair to walk in forgiveness, quite honestly. Wow. And and it, that sounds like high in the sky kind of like, I don't, I don't want that to sound like super religious or something, but that's just at like, that's just honestly what I felt. And I... I discovered his affair and I confronted him immediately and I told him that I forgive him and that I will choose to forgive him every day. What did you mean by forgiveness? That's a, yeah, that's really important. It really is. What do you mean by that? I was, I was at that point when I had discovered his affair, like totally shocked. I actually couldn't cry. I, I was kind of like void of emotion at the time and, but I could think very clearly because I'm not, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not really an emotional person in a lot of things. So I can be very, I can be very logical in my decisions. And I think that forgiveness is a choice Uh and it is not, it's not an emotion. And I really believe that, that when we decide to forgive, there is a lag time in our emotions. Yeah. But we have to take that step of just believing and deciding to forgive and just... I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't live that out perfectly by any means sure, that course. I, that I forgive him every day. I didn't, I didn't, there were, there were days that I didn't and weeks and months. So what you're, what you're saying is you first didn't attempt to deal with this emotionally in yourself or anything. You, you, you went at this with a decision of forgiveness. What do you mean by forgiveness? Like what, what was the decision to do what? The decision was to, I think, to surrender it to the Lord. Okay. To say, okay, that that this is not this is not on me to wa- even walk this out to um, to bring justice. Um, the belief that that is in God's hands, but at that time, I believed that that would mean redemption in our marriage. Ah, interesting. And yeah. and so that decision to forgive was more just like God. I surrender. I surrender this to you because I believe yeah. you're going to bring both. My ex-husband and I, at, you know, at that time I didn't say ex-husband, <laughs> you're going to bring both him and I to a place of, of being together again, of, yeah. of total surrender to you and that we would be sure. stronger for it, that our marriage would be restored and that that would take work, but it was ultimately on the healing power of Jesus to do that. Yeah. And so by choosing to forgive, I was saying, I'm not, I'm not taking this. Like this is not on yeah. me to, yeah. to hold anything over his head, over, over even God's head. Like I just surrender it. Yes, I have a friend. Uh, his name's Steve Weiss. You know Steve. Yeah, he's I know a exactly psych- what you're psychologist, say. and um, Steve has a um, he has a brilliant and wonderful idea about this. That forgiveness is a legal action. Yeah. That that actually we start with, in essence, it's in this court case of justice and injustice. Hmm. And decision is the legal choice that we have actually being a justified plaintiff in the case. Hmm. That we are laying down our right to bring charges. Yeah. 
and you've and, done this. You this yes. is how you've offended me. These are the things that you've done to me. And and it's actually there's actually guilt there, in the sense that yeah. it's the 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 justice is the justice line has been crossed, but we're laying down the legal right that we have to enforce application of judgment. Yeah. And giving that into the hands of God. It's a uniquely Christian way of dealing with injustice. Mm. And and like Paul's uh, letter to the Romans chapter 12, when he's talking <laughs> about how to deal with injustice and evil, you know, it's that's the don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And just before that, he says that um, uh, talking about loving our enemies, which was yeah. Jesus statement, of course, which is so strange, like love your enemies. That's Love dumb. takes many expressions, and so, yeah. and and sometimes if you if you're a parent and you're loving your children, you have to bring discipline to them mm-hmm. out of love. What Paul writes there in saying that leave room for the wrath of God. It's a very interesting statement. Mm. When we bring the judgment of justice ourselves, yeah, the implication is we're not actually leaving room for God's judgment and wrath, mm. which is always wrapped in love. God's wrath is wrapped in love. It is love. Because it's a new he expression. Is he is love. He can't, he can't, he can't without bring judgment love. without love. We, however, if we bring, <laughs> if we bring our wrath to yeah. bear in the situation, will not do it in love. No. And so the, the charge there is leave room for God to do what we're tempted to do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love, wow. I love Steve's point there is actually we're making a legal decision with that emotions will not come with it and forgiveness is is that legal decision saying god i'm going to leave room for your wrath here i'm going to step back and very often the hurt the disappointment the uncertainty all of that is still present that doesn't mean we haven't forgiven yes i really want to make that clear that after i made that decision and i told him that there were lots of emotions of course and I was, I mean, I was livid. I was, I felt all of the things yes. <laughs> and sometimes all at the same time. Like it was, it was incredibly challenging. And yes. I was, but I had, I had still decided that I was going to forgive, yes. continue to forgive. And, and so, I mean, I, and, and to that point, you had forgiven. Yes. Forgive, forgiveness yeah. was the decision to say, I'm going to leave room for God's wrath. I am not going to be the arm of the execution of justice. But there were, yes. And I, I would say that that's true, but there were times where I desperately wanted revenge. Of course, but that doesn't mean and you I hadn't did, forgiven. Yes, yes. And, and I think I, I hear people a lot saying, well, I guess I still need to forgive. If they, if you have made the legal decision, a little bit like becoming a Christian, you don't always feel like You're, I feel super yeah. close to Jesus, but no, I, I have, in essence, legally entrusted my eternal yeah. life to Jesus by faith. You forgive by yep. faith, just like we do everything mm. by faith. And so, wow, that's really. Uh, that's and so really you good. you had you had forgiven by faith. Then all of the other stuff still gets muddled up, like a you know a, a stew of all of your own emotions and confusion. And as because, the story unfolded, it still yeah. got messy and. And I, yeah, there was very, it was very messy and I still, I had to walk through more forgiveness when he chose to not yes. go after redemption. So there were other offenses that came after even just oh, the initial that's offense so interesting. of yes. 
of, you know, the infidelity. So there were so many other things that I had to choose to forgive. Yeah, which actually is the, in, in your story, and I think in many people's story, that's actually the graver offense. Yes, because when we of don't the, get, when we're not chosen. Because of the, yeah, you're not chosen, and the, basically the not not embracing grace, the possibility of redemption. Yeah. Like all of us stand in a position of needing grace, and so by not choosing to step back into that, that was a, another offense to you. Yes, it was. And another offense to God. Yeah, absolutely. But, but let's let's uh, let's go to really your process there because you you chose to forgive, and I, I think it's a really important point for all of us to remember that forgiveness isn't an emotion; it right. actually is a step of faith yep. and a decision, a legal act. I henceforth forgive, which you did. Mm-hmm. Then you have this this tumult of emotion that keep like waves. They keep coming back over you. And you went through, you've been very open with your yeah. listeners about the cycles of depression and, yep. and the fear and the isolation of the loneliness, all those things you dealt with. But through that all, your decision to not use your words to vent all of that at him. Yeah was an important part of that decision of forgiveness. And I think at times it was a little confusing to the people around you, like your family. I mean, you at times wouldn't say, you said a lot of things about yourself, but you wouldn't say things about him, more like you were biting your tongue about this. Hmm. And um, <laughs> I didn't even realize that I, that's what, it, you know, how it came across. Well, not in a, not in a kind of negative way. It was just very obvious that you had made that decision and you were going to stick to it. Hmm. And, um, I, I think it was but that I want to say too, I don't want to interrupt you, but, but I, but that was definitely a journey for me. I remember when I was just going through my divorce or early on, it was, you know, sep- right after we were separated, just in the early stages of the divorce. And I, I knew that people knew that I was going through this, that, that there weren't pictures of us on Facebook, that there weren't, you know, that, that, um, that I wasn't wearing my ring anymore, that, that people would draw the conclusions that we were separated and that we were going through a divorce. And I, I knew that that would happen. And I desperately wanted to say to people, okay, so we're going through a divorce, but it's not my fault. He is a terrible oh, person. Interesting. And so I felt that- Oh yeah, this, that, is, this is big. I felt that come up just, I wanted to, I wanted to just shout it from the rooftops that he is a terrible person. I really did. Sure. And, and I- Because you knew people, if you don't control the narrative- Then they will make assumptions about me. Right, <laughs> right. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get the upper hand. I did, I felt that desire to say, I want to control this story yeah. and I want to, I want to control the narrative with this. Otherwise people will think what they'll think and maybe they'll think that I did something wrong or maybe, and I desperately wanted to So what did you that. do about that? I mean, how did you so handle I had, that? I remember having a conversation with my therapist and saying, I just desperately want to tell everyone what happened. And I can't. And I, I was so frustrated by that. And she said, what if nobody knows ever? I, I just remember thinking like, well, that would be terrible. But that's, that is a step that I actually need to take of saying, I can't control this. People will believe what they want to believe. Yeah. And needing to just take a step back with it. So I, 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 talked to the Lord about that. I talked to friends about that. And I just decided, 
oh, you know, and I didn't always walk, walk it perfectly, but, but I knew that I needed to just release the control of the story. And that may sound strange now that I have a podcast <laughs> that I'm like talking and sharing my story, but I think that that is part of the reason that I can come to this place of not needing to control the story or, con- right. or control the narrative with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of processing it out loud right yeah, now. That's, that's, um, that's probably an important step for why you needed to go through that before you could go public. Yes. Is it had to not matter. Yeah. And probably everyone who's listening, who's, who's been dealt some form of injustice. Um, I think the, yeah, the, Jesus charged to us and he was all, all obviously the one who unjustly received much more injustice, all the injustice yeah. upon he himself it all. saying, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I think that understanding yeah. to say, and Jesus obviously was angry with those yeah. who were unjust to him. Look at cleansing the temple. And, yeah, and what wow. he says in Matthew to the, to the Pharisees calling them, you know, whitewashed tombs. I mean, he, his wrath was, he, he was indignant at that hypocrisy and yeah. that injustice. However, he can say, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's in essence what you're yeah. saying here at that point, in a way you, you get, you get the freedom than to tell the story because you don't need it to be controlled. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm curious to see how reclaiming has played into this for you. So um, we haven't talked about that, but linking hmm. the, the, the steps of faith of reclaiming, going back to places that are triggers yes. and, and saying, I'm going to step into this, but I'm not going to let this determine my life anymore. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether that's part of what gives you, in essence, the the strength to not control the narrative and yeah. not justify and not slander. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, so my, my definition of reclaiming is identifying a fearful and painful internal reaction to a place or thing that holds a memory and choosing to face it head on to create a new and positive association. So when I see that there is a pain that's associated with something or an, a fearful you know, reaction to something, yeah. I say, okay, well, I'm going to step into that and then allow God to heal that area of my heart. And, and that, that, that's, that's the, that's my definition of reclaiming. And, and when I, when I had that, that conversation with my therapist, it was just really early on in my reclaiming process, but I was able to identify that I was, I was afraid of allowing the story to run away with myself or to, yeah. to, to run away oh, from my control. I was afraid of that. Yeah. So I was desperately trying to grab onto it saying, oh, I got to control it. I have to control it. And I have to control what, what happened and people's perception of what happened and um, an idea of me. And, and so I, I identified that fear and I needed to step into that fear yeah. to allow yep. God yeah, to yeah. heal. Yeah. So by, by what, so what I did, I mean, again, I didn't really realize that this is what I was doing, but you know, now that I'm removed from it, I can identify it. The way that I was able to step in and reclaim it was by releasing 
and saying, I'm not yeah. going to be able to control. And yeah. I can't, if people, people will believe what they, what they want to believe about my marriage yeah. and about the perception of my story, but I cannot control that. I, it seems too, that it also goes the other way in that the acts of reclaiming, like yes. know, going yeah. to a restaurant, jumping out of an airplane, all the things you did actually gave you an emotional resilience yes. to to recognize and live out he's not controlling my life. Uh, yep. Right. So he, uh, and therefore you d- you didn't need to slander. You were in that sense unoffendable. He didn't have the power to affect your identity. And he didn't have the power to affect my choices right. of going back to a restaurant. Right. Exactly. So so you know, I always use the example of restaurants cuz that was that was one practical thing that there were tons of restaurants that we went to when we were married. And and by stepping back into those alone and you yeah. know facing that fear doing that i was in i was stepping into forgiveness for that place yes and releasing that place to the lord releasing it and saying that place doesn't hold the power anymore and i choose to forgive so reclaiming in that sense i hadn't thought of this before this is really good ellie it good. is a response to <laughs> temptation the temptation to slander, the temptation to control the narrative, the temptation to self-justify Yeah. after being hurt. All of it is legitimate, right? These are legitimate hurts, legitimate injustices. The temptation is, the temptation is I want to grab hold and control. Actually, what reclaiming is, is a righteous response to that, which instead of slandering, go reclaim something. Yeah. So the and but it but reclaiming can turn into slander. Oh yeah, it that can. Is, yes, because it can be there and it can <clears throat> it can turn into just a, you know, a, a a bitter fest of being like, oh, he took me here and this is what happened and blah blah blah. But that's not a true redemption. Right, you're with your re, your reclaiming buddies. That's not reclaiming. No, no, what, that's a that's a, that's a bitter fest. The, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like so. Thus, I was gonna say another thus, B word, but we don't swear on this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> thus they should they should check out the process of what true reclaiming yes, is, it is, which not... is actually it's actually I mean you bring Jesus into the, that Jesus sitting at the table with you, yeah, and and helping you say Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing and and I release this but you see again this is the first time I've really seen this that actually reclaiming is a a, almost a sacrament. Careful there. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean like. But it uh, for for you sacramentalists out there. I don't. I don't mean to misuse the word that there. But it is a a living out of faith. Yes. In the I physical world, of a righteous response to injustice. Yes. Slander being actually an unrighteous response. It, and it actually is. Yeah. It's it's like we're using words to play the role of God. And we're all tempted to do that. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. We have all done that. Yes, and we absolutely. need forgiveness for playing God with our words. Words are given to human beings because we're created yep. in the image of God. God created the world with words. The tongue has the power of life, life and, and death. death. And so when we slander, we're taking the place of the creative force of God and getting in his way. That Thus Paul says, yeah. leave room for the wrath of God. You, you've actually... Um, you know, you've encouraged people to not bury their emotion of 
of the feelings of injustice. Yeah, be honest. You're not denying them. them. Not slandering doesn't mean you don't express your own feelings. It doesn't mean you don't express the justice and injustice of the situation. But you're saying, go do something something redemptive. (laughs) Do something with it. Do something with it. Because you want to do something. Yeah. Like, so... When we when we don't, I, I think this. it can just turn into bitterness and resentment in our heart, yeah, yeah. and we have to work out our faith. Right. We have to work. You know, we have to do something. We have to exercise. So it. you're not saying that resisting the temptation to slander, and it's a real one sometimes for you. Oh, right. It's still, and it doesn't it still mean, is a real thing. and it doesn't mean not doing anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean burying it. It nope. doesn't mean suppressing it. I'm, you know, lots of uh, psychological studies about the unhealthfulness of repressed emotions and repressed memories. And yeah. so we're not, you're not saying that. No. You're saying don't use words of judgment, but go reclaim something. Well, and I also want to say too that there's, I think that there's a place for, there's there's times where I'm in my where when I'm in my therapy session if I'm feeling angry about it to to process that a yeah. little bit but then but not stay there. So you're and saying so you're saying there okay. are safe places there to are. dump your garbage. Yes. That's that's good. With safe people that aren't going to feed the bitterness. Who then can say, "Okay, now let's take this where it needs to go." Yeah. Let's take this to Jesus. Or, "Okay, so there's some there's some healing that needs to take place yeah. there." And I think that's okay. Sure, but it's not to it's not to stay there. Well, that Jesus warning about uh, calling people fools and and slandering his Sermon on the Mount um, warning about that Matthew five is basically saying this is about a person's reputation, yeah, and about the narrative in relation to that, and that that murdering someone is of course terrible, but murdering their reputation with our words, yeah. Jesus considers that that's as precious as their actual life. And so you're guarding against controlling the narrative and being the one that brings their reputation. The the actions speak for themselves in this case. Yeah. People can look at that and and recognize that. And and that's that's what's <clears throat> so hard about divorce. Is that this person's still alive and in the world? Yeah. And he, I mean, my my ex husband is still he's still here. You know, he's and and so I need to be yeah. and I I hundred percent believe in redemption. Yeah. And I believed in redemption in our marriage, which is why I, at that beginning point that I was like, I'm gonna choose to forgive you every single day. Um, it's why I didn't tell people about the affair right away. It's why. Um, because I believed in redemption that, that, that healing would take place. And I don't have, I don't have a relationship with my ex-husband at all. I haven't seen him in, in almost two years, but I still believe in redemption. Right. And I don't believe in redemption. I don't, I, I, he will never have access to my heart again. And that's okay because of boundaries. And I don't know, I don't know where he is in his, you know, in his journey of healing, um, but I believe in that, and that's part of the reason too that I know that I can't, I I can't say too much. Like I don't want to. I don't. So do again, it's a step I, of faith because right? I want to also protect his reputation. Yeah. And I want to believe that God is continues so to good. reach after his heart, continues <clears throat> to go after him. And I and again, I don't want to make assumptions. Well, about where let he me is right let, now. And, and let me let me comment on that. What you're 
what you're suggesting there is actually you still love him. You now love him in a very different way. Oh, yes. You love him yeah. in the sense of you're releasing him into the hands of God and believing that if he opens to God's grace, God can do anything in his life. And maybe he has. Maybe which would he be has. amazing. Like, right. I, I don't know because I don't have a relationship right. with him. But, but, <laughs> but, but that's okay because love takes the appropriate forms in every yeah. situation. I mean, when we meet somebody, you know, the, the, the person who checks us out at the, at the grocery store, we have a yeah. fleeting, hello there, how are you? Great to see you today relationship with that person. Jesus actually says we're to love in every relationship though yeah. my the expectation of what love looks like for a stranger is very different than yes. what it looks like for uh my daughter yeah right so i have a different expression of love here when you're covenantally married to someone yes love takes a certain expression when that covenant is broken not your choice love takes a different expression mm -hmm. uh, you're actually what you're expressing here is ways by which love must change Hmm. as the state of the relationship changes, not by your choice, yeah. but you make that commitment today by continuing to resist the temptation of controlling the narrative, Yeah. not even saying everything on the podcast that you could say. You obviously tell your side of the story. Yep. You know other sides of the story that nobody even knows, that yeah. you don't make public. That is a statement of you still caring for this individual's individual destiny yeah it's just that you no longer have a covenant attachment in their life that's really important it's a hard emotional step to take i want you to know we i mean we watched you hold the line on that when it was emotionally very taxing for you not to mm -hmm. take control um but kudos and good for you what would you say now to the, I mean, there are people listening right now to us that are in the middle of this, like yep. literally right at the crux of the eruption, the volcanic eruption of the emotions of having been dealt unjustly. And some of those people are in my reclaimed community. Yeah. So I have a, I have a small group community of, so of women that get together. So you see them eye to eye. We, yep. Yep. And that are, are trying to balance that line of yeah. not slandering of being honest with their emotions and their anger. Yeah. And and that is an okay place to be. Right. It's so okay. Forgiveness is not denial. And if you're facing a, you know, a, a betrayal right now, you are not going to be where I am. And that's okay. Sure. Like that's so okay to be angry. I feel so removed from it. It still affects me, but don't compare. That's just what I'm saying. Like, don't compare with, with someone else's journey. So a step of action might be uh, begin a reclaiming process. That yeah. was a step in your healing. Yep. And so, you know, your your spreadsheet of 80-some things you were going to step out it was to like do. It was 220. Was it okay? Something like that. <laughs> All right, anyway. It was a little more than 80. <laughs> um, and maybe that's... You know, if you're listening out there, maybe that's a place where you begin. You've got yeah. to do something. Yeah. And so it, it, you're not powerless. No. So what would you suggest at that point? I mean, they're not going to be where you are, but you've been on a very proactive journey. Yeah. Maybe some people right now are just coming to recognize they need to start that journey. What does that look like? 
Well, I think it, it first starts from a posture of surrender to say that you can't, you're not going to be able to control everything, that you're not going to be able to, to bring justice, even to bring your own healing. This is not on you. It comes in a posture of surrender. So I think it just has to, it has to come from a relationship with the Lord. So if you are, if you haven't been walking in that, if you haven't been walking in, in a relationship with God, get right with him because he is near the brokenhearted. He is so present in, in every aspect of our life. And so when we come to a place of surrender, he's going to meet you there. And so if that's where you're starting, that's perfect. Like that's a, that is exactly where we need to begin is in just giving our lives over to God and giving the pain over to him. That doesn't mean that you're not going to feel pain. Yeah. And, and then I think sometimes he, God asks us and invites us to take steps. So I think it is a, it's a process of surrender and a step mm-hmm. and get help. So, so getting with a really good therapist someone that's not going to encourage the bitterness to to feed that there's there's you know a level of training that we talk about a lot on this podcast about about therapy how important that is with with somebody who's going to lead you to a place of healing (laughs) that's not going to feed that bitterness so yeah I would say surrender and steps just knowing that it's going to be a process Mm -hmm. but that's going to be so good and so fulfilling because God will bring restoration and whether that's in your marriage or just in you personally it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen this is good this is hard this is a hard conversation because there's so much to this yeah and and i don't have the like i mean i use i use me as an example because (laughs) because that's what i can speak from but i did not do this perfectly by any means no no and i think that you know, I think it's it's a hard conversation because we're both sitting here, you know, seeing the names and faces of people we know and care about. In addition to our own stories, there's yeah. other stories out there. This isn't easy. This is not easy. And um, I think we've each walked through this, mm-hmm. both being on yeah. the side of, um, and I've been on the side of being dealt unjustly. I've also been on the side of being the one who dealt unjustly, needing yeah. to be forgiven. And so it's a, it's a really personal, this is is real, this is real Jesus life stuff. And and if our faith doesn't work here, well, then it's not worth much, but it does work here. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it would be wonderful that, that for, for your listeners to consider this as a, this is a platform for communicating about these things. Yep. And, and, you know, others are going through not your own story. Like nobody, you can't, we can't compare. No. We can't compare heartbreaks. We can't compare. Pain is not comparable. Uh, but it is, um, there's community of, of common experiences of, yeah. of what it's like to, to deal with that and walk through it. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it really is. And, and whenever I share or bring someone else's story onto this podcast, I always express the sort of my parameters around doing that, which is I can never, we, we never share someone else's story. We only share ours. We don't make assumptions on their motives or, um, or their intent. We share the facts. And then we share about healing. Mm-hmm. We share about 
what that looked like for God to lead us to healing. And so I always bring those parameters before I bring anyone on the podcast and then try to just set that standard that this is the culture of the reclaimed community that we don't slander publicly. And, and that's just really, that's really important. So, so that's why I wanted to have this conversation on this podcast to say, this is the culture that I'm building right now. And it's not out of a denying of the facts. It's not out of um, living in this blissful ignorance of our pain by any means. It's just a decision to forgive yep. and step away from bitterness. And, and so when people come into this community, whether it's your actual live communities that meet mm-hmm. or they come into the, this virtual community, uh, that's the rules of engagement, right? Yeah. That the rules of This isn't a place to vent. It's a place actually to release. Mm-hmm. And um, and then practical steps to live that out. Yeah. So an encouragement to do so. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for being. I mean, this was a, a little bit more about you today, mm-hmm. and your own story, and um, and thank you for sharing that. That was yeah. it was really rich. Thank you. Really rich. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for being here and for being present. Your pain is not too big for God, and what you've gone through is not too big for the cross. Period. That's just what I got to say. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. If you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed Podcast financially, you can do so on my Patreon page. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope. And we'll see you next week.